Should we start with Dingergate? Oh, man. Did you hear about I, this? Do you know anything about yeah. this? Yeah, the guy yelling Dinger. Dinger! Dinger! existed was like a thing today yeah that was today i guess well i mean it happened yesterday but the all the 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 talk was today so can we just say that it like just poor journalism oh just terrible well and i don't even know i mean blame the tweet fuckers i would um and if you miss it just a quick run through uh Rockies fan was accused of of calling Lewis Brinson the N-word, the ultimate baddie, <laughs> in the top of the ninth of yesterday's uh, Rockies-Marlins game. Uh, I first heard the thing, and I was like, God damn it. Then I did, mm, gee, uh, an iota of research and found out real quick, <laughs> real quick, that uh, it was blown out of proportion the guy was clearly yelling dinger looking towards dinger no everybody else in his area was looking towards dinger but what had happened was the and i didn't see it live uh so i was just seeing it for the first time today but what had happened was the marlins announcer you know, after hearing it, said, "Oh, I, I'm apologized that and appalled that that was on our airwaves," and and I get it from his, his standpoint because, like, if if you're paying attention to the game and you're not expecting something like that and you hear it, it did sound like that. So, like in the moment, but why not? Why don't you have a production crew who like maybe examines it a little more? You know, because after <laughs> after watching that video, really once, but surely twice. Uh, anyone with a with an inch of common sense would would have seen what was going on there, and it's just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. So, so is the bigger problem that uh, the nation doesn't know that the Rockies mascot is named Dinger? Like, I feel like that might be an issue, right? Like, <laughs> if you don't know that from the national standpoint, it's like it's hard to make the connection. But if you know that the mascot's named Dinger. Maybe it's a little bit easier to, you know, get on board and be like, oh, he's yelling dinger. But if sure. you don't even know it, it's like, you know, could be it could be construed. And the thing is, you read an article, the it's not like the audio's like crisp and sound. So you read an article and then the little seed is planted in your brain and you watch the video and it sounds like he's saying what we don't want him to be saying, even though he clearly isn't. You know, if you watch it with no bias, then it's, you know, clearly not that. But, man, it's uh, it's it's interesting where our whole uh, media 
and just social, I guess just our social, uh, I don't know, social structure has gone. Like immediately going to that says something about the reporters and the people that are listening, you know, not, not about, I mean, if you're going to go straight to that, it's like, well, your mind is in a certain place for a certain reason. And the the guy, Paul Severino, which I'm just ashamed that I have to know this guy's name. He's the Marlins announcer that I would say probably started it all. Uh, you know, he tweeted then after the game, like, oh, I'm appalled and blah, and we're better than do better, be better. Blah, blah. And then, which is just the irony there is just slap you so hard in the fucking face you can't see for a week. But it took him until 49 maybe more like I read about 10 minutes ago, 69 minutes ago, he finally took the tweet down and said, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I heard what I didn't. I mean, this was pretty much, I mean, debunked, I guess you would say pretty early on today. So, you know, it's just, and plus who knows how many people actually, you know, they see that guy's tweet or someone else's, you know, you know, chain reaction tweet and they don't follow up on it because they're not big baseball fans or whatever. And then it says, oh, Rockies fans are racist and baseball fans are racist. And like, do you like have some common sense? Do you really think, and there were even some comments about this, like, it's just a shame. It's terrible how we could even think that maybe someone could say that. And it's like, no, have some common sense. Do you really, even the most hardcore racists out there, I don't think, would be out in the stands, behind home plate, just straight up yelling that word to a player. I, I, I don't believe that one bit. I think it probably happens. Uh, I think it does happen, actually. Uh, but not, not from that fan's vantage point where he can be picked up by mics. I think it happens in the outfield. In certain locations. Yeah, I know it's been, yeah, I know. I know the Adam Jones stuff in Boston, and, and I'm not denying that. But, man, I, I mean, I guess I'm just, a, I guess that's just me being naive. But wouldn't you think, like, if you heard that, wouldn't you say, wait a minute, did he really say that? Let's rewind a couple times. And then he's not even looking towards the batter. It's crazy to me. Yeah, I think the rational person, you and I, would, would yes, go to that level. I think the journalist that needs to make a story is going to go to the story. Unfortunately, yeah. Well, and everyone's and it, got like, their, their comment about something, and, you know, you got 162 followers, and you got to make your your comment on your thing. And, uh, and then yeah. there's the people who, it's almost like, Almost like Trevor's axiom, right? Like they were so quick to fucking, holy shit, this is fucked up. This guy should be banned for life. Boom. And then like yeah. once it it pretty much is clear, even when you post the video yourself, when you post the video yourself and you still say that it was the racial slur, then as the day goes on and more information <laughs> comes out, then you got to back it up, right? And you can't just say, oh, yeah. I was wrong, you know? All I'm saying is it's good to know that our competition are morons. Yes, yes it so, is. That's reassuring. So here's my here's my final question to end this whole conversation about this. 
How long before the Rockies announce that they're renaming their mascot and there will be a contest to rename the mascot? I don't even want to go there. Like, that makes me sick. <laughs> it makes me sick. And here, here's the other thing that bummed me out was the – I wish the Rockies, when it, they made their statement instantly, you know, I guess they have to in today's day and age, but it would have been nicer if they would have said, hey, he was yelling at the mascot, shut up. And here's something yeah. else. So I wanted to go – I wanted to see if the – because I wasn't watching it um, live. I wanted to see – what like Drew and whoever was doing the game that day on AT&T, what they said about it, right? So I went into the the fancy MLB TV app, went to pull up the the full game. Not available. Oh. Not available. And if you're not familiar with MLB TV, all previous games are available to watch in full. I checked all the other games from that day from other teams, all available. The other... Marlins Rockies games available. Sunday's game not available. That is totally messed up. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, that is interesting. Should we should we put this? Should we play uh, huh. one of the Rockaroos newest segments? Is this racist? Yeah, let's do Ye- it. Yelling to let's your team's it. mascot. Emphatic no. All right, moving on, unless you have something else to put on that. No, I, my final thing was the whole vote on the new name, and yeah, hopefully it doesn't come. And Also, oh, okay, I do want to put a final thing on it. Those of you out there that think Dinger is a stupid mascot, go bleep off, because that dude is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love Dinger. That's it. He's great. Uh, D- Denver is has two of the best uh, with with Dinger and then Rocky, of course. Yeah, yeah. I've heard, I've heard Rocky's awesome. I remember Rocky being awesome. Of course, you know we all. It's documented. I'm not the biggest uh, basketball person. So. All right. Well, uh, should we get into the games? Based on what we talked on about last podcast, the Cubs. The Marlins, we wanted to take them out. We wanted to move ahead of them. We didn't get a chance to move ahead of the Cubs, but we did. We did move ahead of the Nationals in standings. Huh? So now the Rockies are 51 and 61, only 10 games below. Only 10 games below 500 and 12 and a half out of the wild card. Are the Rockies, uh, can they be competitive? Can they do it? What kind of streak do they have to go on? I say if they can continue to play the Cubs and the Marlins, hell yeah, they can do it. <laughs> uh, that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, this is awesome. They're really cruising. The offense is firing on all cylinders. And then I, I stopped and I, I, I said, oh, they just played a team who got rid of their you know, whatever, five of their starters, four of their starters, and then a Marlins team who, you know, just not very good. So I don't know. We'll see. Offense looks great right now. You know, everyone's 
everyone's really pretty much contributing. Looks like Trevor Story has got a big old weight off his shoulders. I mean, that, man, I get it, dude. Like, you're, that's, you're a human and you got your emotions with all the trade stuff, but you're going to let it affect your first, you know, three months of play. Yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah. Get so, it together. So, but I, you know, I don't count them out, but there are a lot of good teams. I mean, you look at the, you know, the wild card right now is, is held up by the Dodgers and the Padres. So you'd have to do some, some big time work, but you know, it wouldn't be surprising if they could rip off a bunch and, you know, inch closer. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's highly unlikely. It would be a, an amazing feat, but so wait, you set me up. I did. To pull, I did. You, man. Uh, but hey, it was fun to watch them this weekend. Nonetheless, the Cubs really suck. It's like playing a AAA team out there. In all reality, like, I mean, the fact that the one loss they took was against the Cubs was a little embarrassing. It was really cool to see them smoke uh, Sandy Alcantara. Like that guy's good. So it was nice to see them like really put put work on him, but. Yeah, I mean, once they start playing the Dodgers and Padres away, not at home, or playing more road games, it's just, I don't know. Well, certainly would love to see them continue on the on the route that they're on, but is it is it going to happen? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, they really do have to score 13, 12, 10, 7 runs a game to win because... That's apparently that's when the bullpen can. That's the type of cushion the bullpen needs, you know, a, about a six-run lead. And if they got that, then you got to win. If if you don't, then uh, good luck. Well, I mean, this next week will basically, I think, will seal it because they go to Houston, who's a you know, twenty games above five hundred team, and then they go to the. To hell itself, San Francisco. And so where Rocky's offense goes to die. So if they can pull it off, and uh, they don't necessarily have to win all those games, but if they can score some runs. I mean, before their last road trip, which it should be said that their last road trip being in uh, L.A., L.A., so playing the Dodgers than the Angels of Anaheim, which they're not called that anymore, which isn't as fun as it should be. Um, they just need to change just, that team name to the Anaheim Peppers. I mean, come on. It's right there. It's sitting in your lap. <laughs> but anyway, they uh, – so Dodgers, Angels, and then Padres, they actually were able to score a good amount of runs. Um so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they can do. They got an off day today. Get some, get get some rest. Cool. Thank goodness they don't have to, you know, play today and have the whole dinger gate all up in their, all up in their heads. So um, get some rest today oh, and get after yeah. it tomorrow. Don't worry, Goodman and 
whoever that F else is in the booth will bring it up. No, they won't. That's like, that's something they just won't address at all. Come on. (laughs) They can't. They're not going to touch that. They're not going to touch it. Well, I mean, that can that could have some negative effects on the old offense for sure, but uh, I don't know. Like, I think that offensively speaking, it was the first time all season that the offense did kind of what, honestly, what I would have expected it to do all year. You know, so the Cubs, they score 13. The next game is the game they get beat. They only score two. Right, so that one's pretty brutal, which is weird because in that game, it it looks like the Rockies are gonna just open it up in the first inning. Both the Cubs and Rockies, both ten hits, three runs for the Cubs, two runs for the Rockies, which is crazy. That game, the Rockies lost because Tapia can't. Uh, he needs to work on his grip strength, I guess. He can't keep keep his glove closed. Uh, Otherwise, the the Rockies win that game, which is really interesting. Out of the you know six games, you got one play that really determines the one that they lost, but only two runs in that game, and then the and then the last game six runs, but then the Marlins come to town and it's like boom, 14, 13, or seven, thirteen. You know, like the really freaking. They hit. They, they hit in those games. Yeah. And they pitched. You know, excluding the bullpen. You know, it's like, take the bullpen out of it, and boom, they pitched. And specifically, C.J. Crone hit. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. Should mention NL a- Player of the Week, C.J. Crone. I was going to... Man, I was going to say, he. it felt like he was like an award-winning hitter that week. But you you already got it. You got to it. Yeah. CJ Crone. Two bombs in the one game. Which game does he hit the two bombs in? The Marlins game? The first Marlins game? Yeah, I think Friday night. One of which was a... Was a... What what, what did we say? A, a slam dorado? A slam... Slamorado. Or a call... A a home run with three men on. Is that is that as like intense and fun to say? No. He slammerado those suckers. Man, he hit two home runs. So he hit two. Yeah, it was yeah against the Marlins. It was the last game against the Marlins that he hit the two home runs. Man, he went off. Which is tough because, you know, if we assume that they're not going to make the playoffs this season, are they going to sign C.J. Crone? <laughs> I would imagine not. But on the other well, hand, I mean, it's like, I don't... I mean, Toglia is, or Tolia is the... That's a silent G, folks, I believe. I'm assuming, or educated guessing, Tolia really is, you know, who they're waiting for there. But will he be, he did just get called up to someone who told me that, somebody who really likes baseball. It's like a big Rockies fan. I can't remember who told me, but he got 
moved to Double A Hartford. Yeah, yeah. So, but more than likely, he won't be ready for next season. At least the start of this. You never know. I mean, he could. I'm sure he'll be in spring training next next season, next spring, and and you know, if he blows up, he blows up. And but then, what do you do? Like. It's a tough call because I I wouldn't mind seeing CJ Crone to continue to be a Rocky, but on the other hand, he's going to want more than a one year deal. I gotta imagine, and you don't want to necessarily sign him long term when you do have Tolia. So it's I don't know that'll be an interesting thing to see. And you didn't move him at the deadline, so you're just kind of you know just kind of window dressing, in my opinion, right now here these last two months. Like, it's great. It's great that he's doing what he's doing in a Rockies uniform, but it's almost... Yeah. So he hit two home runs in the first Marlins game and the last Marlins game. So the first and the third. Mm. Okay. The dude is... And the one was... Man, smoked. And then right after him, freaking Diaz smokes the one, basically in the same spot upon the concourse there in left field. It was... uh. Pretty impressive. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess you... I, I think you try to sign Crone to another one-year deal if he can take it, but he's going to... I mean, he's going to maybe take his talents elsewhere if you don't uh, give him something more long-term. But you maybe can get him for a three-year deal and it doesn't hurt you. It definitely doesn't hurt you if they go DH in the NL at some point in the next two oh. years. Yeah, but, that's that's a good you know, point. Like, so you don't. I mean, he's only. Thir- I mean, he's only thirty-one. I say that like that's like the end of most guys' careers. But honestly, he's only thirty-one, and he's in. Obviously, I think it, it appears that it's not like he's a freaking dude that's in bad shape. But like you look at Ortiz, and that guy freaking hammered until his last season. Like I was kind of surprised he even retired. The dude was super old. As a DH, it's just you don't put that like wear and tear on your body. So those guys can go long term, and it just makes sense. Like put the DH in the NL, and yeah, then you then it's like, what do we do with Charlie Blackman? But you have what another year or two with Blackman. Uh, so next year is a player option, I believe, and I think the year after that is a mutual option. So. Um, so you have one year and then a buyout if you don't want to, if you don't want to pay him. Right. So you go one year, which you think that Crone can hold first base for at least one year. And then if DH is in the league the year after that, then you're, you're golden. So you could give him a three year contract. Like if you really like, if you really like him and honestly, like where is he going to play that's better than the Rockies to do what he does, you know, my, like, I guess at that point in time, he's not playing for the rest of his career. He's just playing to be the guy, but it's like, Hey, you get a pretty good, like legit contract after no one wanted to sign you at all. I mean, you signed a minor league deal with the Rockies. So, I mean, you kind of got to give the Rockies credit there where it's like, Hey, you guys gave me a chance when no one else would. So maybe you get a little discount. But maybe he wants to sign a big-ass one-year deal somewhere. I just wonder if he had no trade interest, and that's why he didn't get traded. So 
he might just be a Rocky, you know? I mean, you don't hate it at first base. It's a nice stopgap solution there until Toglia, Toglia, Togila? Toglia? Toglia. Toglia comes up. Wait, what is it again? I don't know. Are you making jokes? Or are you <laughs> seriously want to know? Think Tolia. 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 Okay. But that's Tolia. just, again, I don't, that's what they were saying during the Futures game. And um, it could be Toglia. But we'll see once he gets called up. Yeah. And it'll be something for a little while, and then it will change, Joshua. Oh, poor. Josh, it, the Joshua did not work for him. I don't, it's like he was Josh, one NL player of the week, changed to Joshua, and it was all downhill from there. Now he's in Albuquerque. So, bad decision? <laughs> it's hard to say. Hard to say. I, like, there's definitely correlation there. Is there causation? I don't know. That's a bummer for him. And the uh, even bigger problem, newsflash, Con- Connor Joe is, you know, he's, he's, he's doing Connor Joe shit. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to uh, not want to see him out there playing. Yeah. At least I offensively. I agree with that. So uh, on the 13 to 8 Marlins destruction, I guess, if you will. I say destruction. The 13 to 8 Rockies win against the Marlins last game of the series. He comes in uh, as a pinch hitter to replace Tapia, unfortunately. We can talk about that here in a, in a bit. But he goes two for four with three RBI, and I think he hit a jack, right? Did he hit a jack? Yeah. No, he hit uh, two jacks as a matter of as a matter of fact, in that game. Fifth inning, uh, and the, or no, second inning, sorry. And then also the eighth inning. So Connor Joe is hitting 303. That's his average, with an 874 OPS. Probably the best on the team. Newsflash Connor Joe. Is hitting 874 OPS. Best on the team. Oh, he's above. He's above uh, the guy we were, <laughs> the guy we were just talking about. CJ Crone. Yes. So yeah, Crone is at 859. Yeah. So well, I I should say this. He's got he doesn't even hold a candle to to Godot. Godot, he's hitting two. He's hitting 2,000 on the old OPS, so. Uh, <laughs> he's got a, a 1,000 average, so, yeah. He can't compare to Cadeau, but outside of Cadeau, it's Connor Joe and then and then Crone. Actually, not even Crone. I, th- I think uh, it's hard. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong day here because Rogers was not in the lineup, but I think Rogers might be uh, second Let's see where he, he's 834, so he's not second. Uh, Crone still's got him, but still has him. Sorry. 
But uh, yeah, Joe is is right there. I, I don't think Joe has enough at bats to really be. But he's got quite a few at bats. I mean, the day before he went two for three, four RBI. Did he hit a home run in that? No, he didn't hit a home run in that game. But you know, like Connor Joe is is looking pretty good out there. Yeah, and if we're talking about Connor Joe and CJ Crone, we should also talk about Elias Diaz. What's that guy been doing? He's been hitting home runs like nobody's business. Uh, they went actually what Crone and Diaz. I be, I think I believe it was Crone went back to back on Friday, both concourse shots, which was so weird. Was it back to back or was it one and then? Well, and there was then, a, uh, a pitching, batter and then another. There was a, a pitching change. Okay. So, uh, you know, it would have man. He'd have like twenty six home runs if he would have been playing like this in the early part of the season. So, he doesn't. He has thirteen. Charlie Blackman, Sam Hilliard now has what eight. Charlie yeah. Blackman. <laughs> but Blackman has seven. Right, he hit one. Blackman has seven. Hilliard took over Blackman. Hilliard actually had quite the weekend. He he got uh, not just the homers, but he had some singles and some doubles that really mattered in some big situations. So it was nice to see that. Yeah, I think for me as a Rockies fan, the last these last couple months is going to be how Sam Hilliard plays, how Brandon Rogers plays, how. I guess really even Connor Joe plays and Tapia. Uh, who else? McMahon, too. I feel like McMahon is, you know, there was a, we are talking a little about war. Um, time for text talk on the Rockaroo. Dun, dun, dun. So Ryan McMahon's war, which I don't even know what the, I know it stands for wins above replacement. How it's calculated, you know, who, uh, who knows? But it's a thing that people like to talk about, so I'm going to talk about it. I'll pander. I don't give a shit. I'll pander to that. Uh, but the the point is, Ryan McMahon's war right now is 3.6. That old, the guy who used to play third for the Rockies, his war is 3.1. <laughs> the leader actually on the Rockies is, is Herman at 4.1. But man, I, oh, oh, seeing the Cardinals miss the playoffs just would be a chef's kiss, you know? Oh, so nice, so nice. <laughs> How great would it be if the Rockies did make a push? They don't make the playoffs, but they f- have a better record than the Cardinals. That's a- I've been I've been hoping for that. I've been hoping for that. Yeah. That's a possibility. Where the Cardinals are like 500 or so right now, I believe. So I guess I could check with this nifty, nifty data uh, calculating device. 55 and 56. St. Louis is 55 and 56. Rockies are 51 and 61. So close, man. It's possible. It's definitely possible. It's it is possible. 
It'd be awesome if it happened, for sure. It'd be hilarious. Especially with how bad, how bad the Rockies really have been all season. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, the early part and the middle part and the, the really up until the last week. <laughs> They've had their their moments, though. The problem is they they have their moments against not so good teams and you get all excited and then it's like, well, but when we play a better team, we can't, can't get it done, you know? So. Yeah. Hey, for just for all the stat nerds out there that we have, I just want to read this off because you were talking about it. So the formula for war is not very complicated And here's how it goes. War equals batting runs plus base running runs plus fielding runs plus positional adjustment plus league adjustment plus replacement runs divided by runs per win. So, you know, just calculate that shit up real quick. No big deal. Runs per per win for the team that the player is on? Let Let me try to explain it a little bit easier. Batting runs plus base running runs plus fielding runs plus positional adjustment plus league adjustment plus replacement runs divided by runs per win. I feel like I'm I'm speaking Chinese here. Is that is that not like super easy to understand? War. What is it a good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Oh, say it again. It's a, that's crazy. Like I'm reading this and I'm like, man, I got to look up what batting runs are. I got to look up what base running runs are. I got to look up what fielding runs are. What the hell is positional adjustment? Then league adjustment. I, what's that? Uh, plus replacement runs. And then, like you said, runs per win, per average win over last year or this year, or it is quite complicated, by the way. Okay, so done with math. Uh, War is basically uh, how good a player is, right? At all, like at everything they do. Yeah, and the ultimate guy is... Mike Trout. Everyone yeah, likes Mike quote, Trout. And it gets Mike quoted Trout. all the time. Everyone's like, war, this guy's war is this, this guy's war is that. And I really don't know if they necessarily understand how it's calculated other than uh, this is what it means. It means that uh, if it's zero, then any dude out there could go play your position and you would be fine. And if it's above zero, then you're a little bit better than any dude. But I think it's a little more complicated than that. And I don't even think Mike Trout leads his team. I don't even, I mean, he has been injured, but um, I don't even know if he's second. I'm going to try and pull it up. So let me ask you this. I'm not a math genius or anything, but... Aren't aren't some wars negative, like negative two or negative whatever? I think so, but I think those guys don't last too long. So you don't <laughs> hear about but, it. 
But okay, so if the if the equation actually is a bunch of stuff added up divided by something else, which something else is runs per win. So you assume that that's a positive number, right? Like you at least score one run per win. How the hell could it be negative? Well, it probably def- depends on those. That what was that positional fielding thing? I, yeah, but like, that's I have all no in the, idea what. But that's all in the numerator of the equation. If the if the numerator's negative, well, I guess that works. I guess if the numerator's negative and the denominator's positive, then it would be a negative. Huh? That makes sense. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. It can definitely be negative. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should talk, move on and talk BABIP. How's that calculated? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me look that up real quick. You give us some filler about the Rockies and how they're going to beat the Cardinals again, and I'll look up BABIP. Well, the only way they beat the Cardinals again is if they both made the playoffs. I don't know if I like oh, the yeah. odds on that. Uh, but but being <laughs> having mean, a better record. record, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. having My a better bad. record than them, it's not out of the question, folks. And St. Louis probably has a bunch of games to play against their division, which has some solid teams. Cincinnati and Milwaukee are rolling, uh, but I guess the Rockies have a bunch against their divisional opponents in San Diego and L.A. and San Francisco. And they're way better. And the Cubs just basically turned themselves into junk. So, which is fair, right? I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. I'm not gonna knock them for that. You gotta like the fact that they're like, all right, you guys, uh, you have a big salary. You're not getting it done. Let's move on, and you guys go move on and get it done somewhere else, which is fine and fair to the player and. We'll rebuild from here. The Rockies, however, don't have the gumption to do that, right? Like, they've never been that team that's like, all right, we're just going to dump the stuff we got and get at least something for it and go from there. Yeah, the, yeah they're not the fire sale team. Yeah. The, the fire sale organization. They just... <laughs> They just alienate their players and front office staff until they leave on their own and get nothing for it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Babip. Calculation. Hits. Minus home joking. runs. joking. I was joking. Divided by at-bats, minus strikeouts, minus home runs, plus sacrifice flies. There you go. That's Babip. Okay. So, we kind of got off on this with, uh, was it? Should have spent more time on Dingergate, I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we need to go back to McMahon and and what the Rockies are going to do with McMahon. I I think that's what kind of spiraled us out of control. Or me, I guess. Maybe me. So Yeah, you started making your war jokes. Yes, I did. I did. So, what do like what do you want to see them do with McMahon overall? Like, I know you you presented some options and some things you'd like to see them do, but you I mean, you want to have them 
find a way, like the, have the Rockies find a way to sign him long term, or is he a uh, we'll just uh, play it out until he's a free agent and see what happens? I was just thinking that uh, maybe they should try and extend him. I guess would be the proper term for for right now. He's still, I think, two years club control. But um, we've kind of seen how that turns out. I mean, they extended Charlie and then famously extended Nolan Arenado. That didn't yeah. go mm-hmm. so well. But, yeah, I think you could get a deal on him. Uh, but then it comes down to Ryan McMahon's side of things and whether he wants to do that or try and – I don't know. I feel like if you're an offensive player and you play – like, I don't want to play into the stereotypes, but if you're an offensive player and play your home games at Coors Field, like, you might want to just think about extending that shit. You know, like, why? Look like look at the the players who have left. Like, Matt Holiday did have a couple good seasons in um, St. Louis and an okay season with the Yankees, I believe, but nothing like superstar type stuff, you know? Like, he was MVP runner-up, I would say, in 2007. And he was never really that anywhere else. So, yeah, um, I guess there's there's not tons of examples because Larry Walker was pretty much already at the end of his career anyway, as was Carlos Gonzalez. So, uh, Tulewitzki, his thing, though, obviously was injury stuff, so... I don't know if I'm McMahon and the Rockies offer me a something like good enough and um I might really consider it. But the Rockies they don't I don't know. I mean they did that with Blackman, but he had been like in what third and MVP guy and batting title winner and, and all yeah. that stuff. And so I mean McMahon really still isn't at that level even yet. No. But no. that's why you could but get like, a good deal on him and I he could be a you know, I think his defense is, you know, m- m- way above average at third base. And, that, yeah. you know, there's no, you know, you got Colton Welker, but he's more of a first baseman now. And uh, there's this Shunk guys. I don't know much about what his defense is, but I don't know. I I, I would like to see them extend him. He still has some strikeout issues, but. Yeah, like if you think, if you're sitting in McMahon's shoes, wait, sitting in his seat, standing in his shoes, or walking in his shoes? Okay, if you're McMahon and the Rockies come to you with a like six year, or even a four, let's call it a four year, four year, six year, like, but let's call it a four-year because the Rockies are like, ah, oh, we still are. But they come at you with a four-year deal and you get to play your next four years in Coors Field, which is going to be, you know, pretty nice for you. From a statistical standpoint, you can really put it up. If you're going to do anything anywhere, it's going to be there. And then you exit that deal and you're still 30. You're kind of in your prime and you can you can sign that big deal somewhere if someone's willing to give it to you. So you kind of lock yourself in and and you still got to perform and it feels good for both sides. Like 
I'd like something like that. And it seems early to to lock a guy like McMahon in for that long term, but why not, right? Like, you get him through his prime, which is 28, 29, 30, and if he's really good, he can he can last longer than that and go sign somewhere else. So, like, why wouldn't he want to do it? It, it, it just kind of makes sense to me. You get a good deal on him, and you, you lock him up early, and that's exactly what, you know, the Atlanta did with Acuna, and there's some other guy. Oh, and what uh, the Padres did with Tatis. I mean, those were much bigger contracts, and those guys are, you know, clearly much more uh, nationally known and and really better players than McMahon. But why not do that with your mid-level players? Like, that's the thing. Like, we never see that stuff going on with mid-level players, but it's like, I feel like that might be how you really build a team in a mid-market area, where it's like, lock those mid-level players up at, their value, like now, now and a little are a little bit better in the future, assuming they're going to get better. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That sucks, but you're not out a ton of money. You're not out like if Acuna doesn't work out, you're out a lot. If Tatis continues to be injury prone, like you're out quite a bit of money on a dude that you know was lightning in a bottle. McMahon is going to at least play defense and, it, you know, he takes solid at-bats and he can con- continue to improve. So, like, why not do something like that? Yeah, and just litter litter the contract with a bunch of performance bonus stuff. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Just fucking do it with Rodgers now, too. I mean, Rodgers is, yeah. is a different situation because he might be... More superstar-y, you never know. But uh, if you offer them the right deal, um, I wouldn't mind seeing McMahon play a long time as a Rocky. Um, yeah, I'm, I would not dislike that. Plus, I don't know. I think he might be a good clubhouse guy. I'm not too sure on that. Plus, you're going to need. I mean, more than likely, let's just say Story is is a is Gonzo. Uh, you're kind of kind of need someone to to slip into that and it seems like Ryan McMahon cuz he's been there you know he's been around for a while now and so he has he has that going for him so would would like to see the you know he's still not like he had that you know the three homer game early in the season and was really you know he was hot there for a long time it seemed like he He's not as like flashy, like like you know C.J. Crones out there hitting grand slams and and bombs and timely hits and but though I mean McMahon does get his like timely singles and doubles which don't stand out as much as the grand slams obviously but still very valuable so I like McMahon and shit even if you do you know I was thinking four years but if you do go to six years uh you know he. D- he does have the ability to play first if you need him to. Now, obviously, the plan is Tolia, but he's very versatile, which is he's a he's a fairly big bat that's versatile in those three infield positions, first, second, and third. So yeah, I like I, I don't know. I've always been a McMahon fan. 
Yeah, and I like I feel like this season is it was his season to kind of shine, and I don't think he's necessarily shining, but he's doing what you kind of what you want him to do. He's taking good at bats. He's the you know a very good defender. You don't. He's not a hole in your in your batting lineup for sure, right? He leads the team in home runs still, I think, which is crazy. Although he's been kind of on a drought here for a while. Yeah, tied he, with tied with Crone. Tied with Crone. So, uh, you know, he's been on a drought for a little bit, but the guy. I mean, he could hit. He just needs to put it all. Continue to put it all together. He's he's gonna get better with every day at bats. I mean, if if we're really Looking at it, this is his second. Is this his second full season? Like last year in a in a COVID year, a shortened season. He played, you know, the entire season. He was he was the guy. The year before that, though, he was kind of a platoon type guy, right? In nineteen, it's hard for me to remember that long ago. But, you know, like, you get him every day at bats, he's just going to get better, I think. And he's got the skill set, you know, he's got what it takes. And I would like to see them kind of lock him up long term now when he would be cheap. And he would probably do it. Yeah, possibly. Though, again, though, I mean, I don't know. You, Who knows what those guys really think because they're all, you know— saw firsthand the Nolan stuff. So I don't know. It's hard. I don't like t- to talk. I don't, cause it's just like, we don't know all the factors. We just know what we see from the field. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, Good point. I mean, McMahon is, he's hitting 266, which isn't, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty good, especially for, you know, a softball season. Yeah. It's solid. It's solid this season for sure. 815 OPS. Not, you know, not terrible. I feel like he could steal more bases, though. He's only got four stolen bases. Do you think he's, like, faster than that, or? I think he's maybe more sneaky fast. Faster than four. Uh, But, you know, I mean, I guess... He's not very quick. At least I don't know. I, I haven't been paying too much attention to his base running and stolen bases and stuff, but he seems like a guy that could could sneak up on teams. I don't know. I mean shit, if Charlie Blackman can have a season of forty one stolen bases. <laughs> hey, you know what? You look that season up and, and it forty one stolen bases seems impressive, but he had like a like a 60% success rate. The dude basically stole all the time. He got thrown out quite a bit as well. We've talked about this on the Rock and Reel before. Yeah, we don't need to rehash that. <clears throat> um. So, just so you know, like 266 puts Ryan McMahon in the top 60... Five, we'll call it the top 65 players in the league from an average standpoint which doesn't seem great but you know what like 
Charlie Blackman, I guess, is above him. That's kind of crappy. But uh <laughs> telling you, Charlie Blackman should be leading off again or hitting second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or eighth, seventh. Put the savvy veteran in the seven hole. Puts him 48th in the league, which is... Yeah, I don't know. Numbers and baseball just don't go together, you know? Yeah, I mean, can't really determine what's, uh, what's right when it comes to that. So let's 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 go down this road. Shortstop. Trevor Story, free agent. Do you like Trevor Story better than Javier Baez? I don't know. Probably yes. I would have to okay. say yes. Do you like Trevor Story better than Corey Seager? I don't know. New is always better, right? Huh? Well, yeah, it feels that way. I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't mind that, but you know, Seager is just an injury waiting to happen. Though, on the other side, maybe he got them all out of the, his system. So I don't know. Maybe if Seager's willing to play second base, and then you can move okay. Rogers to short. Maybe something like that. Okay. Just to yeah. to avoid the you know the strain on Seager's body. Yeah, on his arm and whatever. Let me ask you this: Do you like Trevor Story better than Carlos Correa? That's tough because you know Correa obviously was part of that 2017 Astros team, and you know let's right. face it, 2019 as well. Who won the world? Oh, the Nationals. That's right. Uh, I don't know. I would say no. I don't watch. I don't. I don't see enough of Correa. But uh, the thing that worries me more, he's a little bit bigger of a body, right? He's like six four or something. Yeah. I guess yeah. Story is pretty big. Story's like what six three, six two, six three. Uh, let me look. I think I can click on him here and it'll just... He is 6'2". Yeah, I think you gotta be weary of the, like, over 6'2 shortstop. I mean... Because I think Tulewiski was 6'3". You know, Rodriguez moved to third. You know, Ripken Jr. moved to third. So I no, I don't I like story better than Korea. Okay. Here's my last question then. Do you like story better than Marcus Simeon? Oh I don't think so. Cause he's a smaller okay. guy. I haven't seen enough of Simeon's defense to comment on that, but I've always liked Simeon actually. Maybe it's the name. I also like Simeon. <clears throat> I wouldn't so, be upset if that happened, if they signed Marcus Simeon. Okay, so you know where I'm going with all of it, right? Like, those are the top free agents after this year. 
mm-hmm. which is a pretty legit class, right? So yeah, story story has some people to compete against. Oh yeah. Now, with that being said, story is seventh in the league in all of the league in OPS for shortstops. Okay. And I'll bet he's maybe tied for third, tied for second, maybe in stolen bases, which is weird for a shortstop. Yeah, he's tied for second in stolen bases. Uh, what else? Home runs, he's way down there, right? So he is, uh, oh, he's ninth in all of the league for home runs. Let's see what else. What else is a good stat? Oh, you like average? His average probably isn't going to be there. Not where it needs to be. He is uh, not on the first page for average. Oh no, there he is. Fourteenth. So what do you What are you leading towards? I'm just saying, like, where, like, where, where is he valued? Really, like, do the Rocky? Can the Rockies legitimately make a? A legitimate offer to keep him because you really like if you go by OPS you have one two three four five six shortstops better than him in all the league so that feels like oh man like you can like he's really really good and one of those shortstops is Brandon Crawford which is an anomaly let's be honest uh, Carlos Correa is also a shortstop that's up there, that's above him, uh, and a free agent. Willie Adamas is above him, which is crazy, and real what, crazy. And, and what criteria? This is just OPS. Okay. Yeah. So, and I was going through all of it, but it's like, from an all-around shortstop standpoint, it's like, he's still, a, like, even though he's got, like, he's down... For Trevor Story's stand, standards, I mean, he's still, like, one of the best shortstops out there. So can the Rockies really make a, a legitimate move to re-sign him? Or is it better to go for someone like Marcus Simeon, who you can make the same kind of offer to that guy, but it might be more legitimate to sign him because he's not ranking super high in all of these categories. Although he's very, very good. In my opinion. The only thing with Simeon is... Well, he doesn't well, rank Sim- in these categories because he's he's under second base right now. Oh. Right. Which is the problem. Actually, because he is... Like, he would be leading in most of those categories if he were a shortstop, which he is and can play. But he's an 865 OPS with... Uh, I just forgot about the fact that he's a short or a second baseman now. Twenty six homers. He yeah he would lead that category. So I just feel like it's better to put the money out for Simeon than Story. Or yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Simeon might be a hotter commodity than Story. Right. But you could play. You could keep him at second and move Rogers to to short. If yeah, you exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which would be nice. I mean, if you if you went into next season with 
McMahon at third, Rogers at short, Simeon at second, maybe Crone at first. You re-sign him. And then the outfield looks like Tapia, Daza, Hilliard? Tapia, Daza... I don't know. It'll be the Tapia... Maybe has some work. Daza, Hilliard, and Blackman, and they just all four would probably mm-hmm. platoon around. I would imagine. I mean, I don't see them... You basically can't do anything with Blackman. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't I guess you wouldn't hate that from a lineup standpoint like maybe it makes sense for the Rockies to like I don't know did they burn the bridge with Story could they go get Simeon like I don't know is it worth paying more for Simeon than what they would pay for Story maybe I'm just saying like Story is a free agent but it's like if you if you had to make the big money decision is he the one you want to get or do you want to go get a Simeon or someone else? Yeah, and it, I think that would depend on all their ages as well. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, what, 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 I don't know. I don't like to sit around and try and guess, like, what the Rockies are going to fucking do. You know? Yeah. It's just, right, it's yeah. futile. And get it, oh, well, the, well, Bill Schmidt said, oh, they might be players in free agency. Oh, maybe they sign Baez. Maybe they sign uh, uh, Simeon. Maybe they sign Seager. And it's like, no, they sign guys like Dustin Moore. And, yeah, yeah. You know? And so, I, I don't know. I, and, and especially with the whole, I mean, Odds are on that the next GM will be Bill Schmidt, but it could be someone else. And right. who knows? Who knows what what's going to happen? So I think it's – I like to be more, I guess, reactive when it comes to Rocky's roster stuff just because – I mean, I never would have imagined Mr. Harvard would assign Daniel Murphy to play first base. <laughs> wouldn't have done it. Yeah, that and he was did. a shock. He did. So, you know, I don't know. And maybe in an alternate reality, the Rockies had a great 2019 season and Daniel Murphy hit 407 because, oh, geez, it's Coors Field. Anyone can hit 400. Yeah. Yet, yet to have anyone 26 years later. Or no, we're longer than that, right? Yeah. So, what's the closest? Helton was like a four eighty or something. Four or not four? Sorry, four, no, three. Three seventy six. Three seventy six was yeah, which was pretty freaking impressive. And he did not win yeah. an MVP that year. Oh well, no. Larry Walker was a what did what did Larry Walker hit his MVP season? Because he did win an MVP. And I think he hit maybe 380 or something like that. Right? Yeah, 377. I don't okay. know. You say I don't know like you're looking at it, but Well I'm I'm I'll 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 hit the old let's see. He won that in ninety seven, correct? MVP. Uh, I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. So he hit 
Huh. Or did he win it in 99? The fuck? I thought it was 97, but his 99 numbers are way better. <laughs> well. Why doesn't this that, say? What the possible. fuck? Well, what did he, what did he hit in 99? So 99, he hit three. 97. What's his MVP season? Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, see, that's what I thought. So let's go through 97 real, just real quick. He hit 366 yeah. batting average. Uh, OPS was 1.172 as before Any, anyone gave a shit about such thing, such things. Damn. Oh, yeah, there's MVP. Okay. Where are the home runs and all that good shit? 49 bombers. Woo! 46 doubles. 208 hits. Or the RBI. What the? And then 130 RBI. Wow. How about this? Stolen bases. Let's see. Do, 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 do. 33. Holy. Most of his career. And then in in 99, he hit. 33 freaking. In 99, he hit 379, OPS yeah. of 1.168. Um, where was he low? 115 RBI, 37 bombs. So still a really good season. Only 11 stolen bases, though. Dude, that guy was so fun to watch. Like, Yeah, I wish I would have been older when he was doing that. I feel like I would have appreciated it more. Like when you're young, it's just like, oh yeah, he's cool. I like his hair and he hits home runs and does stuff. Yeah. But, but when yeah. you're older, like you really understand that type of stuff a lot better. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at this picture with him wearing a Rockies jersey and the jersey is a, it's a black jersey. And on the front of the jersey is the mountain with the baseball going through it and it's huge it pretty much takes up all the jersey from the waistline up to the almost to the neck and then on the right shoulder is the is the number and it's kind of cool kind of i kind of wish they would bring those those back as a throwback well it's funny you say that because those were like the future jersey game jerseys if you remember yeah yeah, bunch of, right. I think all the teams had specialized, like, oh, future jerseys. And a yeah. lot of people hated them because they're a bunch of fucking narrow-sided idiots. I love that, man. And I think I meant to bring this up, but I'm pretty sure Jenny Kavanaugh was wearing a version of that design as a dress during the All-Star game. <clears throat> now, I, I don't have access to, like, AT&T Sportsnet to watch like all their stuff that they do. But I just kind of, I saw it at the home run derby. You could see she was standing like in the background and it was really cool. Damn. How do you get like, I would love to have one of those Walker jerseys. That'd be freaking awesome. They'd probably sell like crazy. Well, that thing is freaking badass. He's got his old handlebar mustache. He obviously just freaking smashed one. Damn, dude. That guy was fun to watch. 
But yeah, Helton, so Helton, I don't know, I don't know how to look that, well, obviously you're there. Can you look up Helton? So Walker was 379 was his best? Uh, was his best, let me look. 379. Yeah, that was his best. Yeah. God help in. This is the part of the podcast where it helps to have it on double time. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, you're, so you're bored is what you're saying. I, I get what I'm not saying. bored, but we're like, when we're just sitting around searching for stats. Uh, three, 372. 372. So, so those are impressive. Like you don't see that a lot anymore. Obviously that was in a different era of baseball as well, but yeah. Uh, Helton did his in 2000. Pretty, pretty solid. Pretty great season. Well, okay. Then, uh, let's stop looking up stats and... We go right into the old uh, preview, if I have it available. They do have some stiff competition, as you you already kind of highlighted, but uh, they're going to Houston. They're going to play the Astros, and Jay to the N. Gray is going to be pitching against Odorizzi. Odorizzi. So that's... Probably the Rockies really good chance to to get one. So they're gonna go against uh, Odorizzi, and then they're gonna go against Framber Valdez. They're gonna throw Sensaboy Tellum. That's who's going against Framber Valdez in the next game. That's Wednesday against the Astros. On Thursday, the Rockies make their way to. San Francisco. The Giants are 71 and 41. That's absolutely absurd. I'd like I don't know what they're doing out there. We've we've commented they're probably cheating, but they're going to go against some dude named Webb who is a rookie that's pitching uh super well, has a 3.19 ERA. Rockies, they're keeping it close to the vest. Their pitcher's going to be determined later if you will and then friday still at the giants both teams are to be determined on their pitching saturday guess who they're playing yep you guessed it right the giants so still hanging out at the giants and sunday so four games set against the giants and then we'll move into monday when they play well whatever we'll be talking monday or we'll be talking before that, hopefully. If not, the Padres come to town on Monday, and that's probably a three-game set. I'm not going to get into it. But uh, Houston, Giants. That's who the Rockies got next. That's who we have to uh, take down on the road. Two good teams. If they're honestly going to make a, a rebound or a comeback, those are the teams they need to do it against. And they have to do it on the road. Uh, that's the way you... You start the comeback, so uh, let's go Rockies!
Dinger! 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 Dinger!